Welcome to Bonjour Bitch. My name is Charlotte and I'm many things, but most importantly for this podcast, I am multicultural and sometimes a bitch. We're going to talk about everything from relationships to daily life, all from a multicultural point of view. Each week, I'll be accompanied by the most amazing guests to delve further into topics that really affect us all. You'd better get ready for it, bitches. Welcome everyone to Bonjour Bitch this week. I've got the pleasure to have my wonderful husband Antonio here again and we are going to be discussing family. Hello gorda. Hola gorda. <laughs> Just to let you know, gorda means fatty, gorda means fatty and it's the little names we have for each other but in Spanish it's quite normal. Yes, it's, 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 it sounds better in Spanish. Yeah, it like, does. Like everything else. Oh. And here we go again. (laughs) Right, so in terms of family, obviously we've been married now for nearly two years. First of all, what I wanted to talk about is the different um, family structures that we had growing up. So we obviously both have a mother and a father and you have one younger brother and I have one younger sister. And even though in that sense it might look quite similar because of our different cultural backgrounds, the bigger family structure around it was quite different. So I had a much smaller family in terms of uncles, aunts, and second degree uncles and aunts. And you have... But you spend most of the time with your father, your mother, and your sister. Yeah, that's it. And most of my time I spend with grandmother, two uncles, two aunts, six cousins around. It sounds like Noah's Ark. Well, yeah. <laughs> My family reunions, at least 12 people around the table all the time. Yeah, and that's first degree, because then when it goes to second degree, each of your parents has 50 first cousins. Yes. For my, my family side, it was smaller reunions. We were like 10, 12. But my, fam- my father's side, when we were going to the countryside, with all the cousins' houses around, we were easily 20 all the time. Big barbecues, big lunch, all all the time big events happening all together. Yeah, which me gives me massive anxiety because also when you're there, you're sort of stuck there and you can't get out of it. Well, you have a lot of people around to catch up, so you're not getting bored at all. Yeah, but the thing is the catch up is just like, crap chit chat like there's no actual conversations yes because you don't watch love island oh no i do obviously and I they have island. super cultural conversations you can fucking judge you watch it with me i know and you get but like not, horrified at half of the stuff you're like oh <gasps> i'm not bitching around i'm not bitching about uh, <laughs> uncultural conversations or crap chit chat i embrace it Come on, I'm watching Love Island in winter. Yeah, I'm all for like crap <laughs> chit chat as well, but sometimes it's just like you also maybe just don't want to be there. And the thing is, when we're at your family's country house, like you are there and you have to be there. Like you have no option. Well, you have to understand that for me, I was a kid and I was playing out all the time. And when I wanted to have a me time, I was taking the bicycle and I was going far away for half an hour. And by the time I was back, I was tired and I wanted to have something to see or to do with my cousins. So it's a different it's a different approach to... Maybe that's what I'll do next time when I get tired of everybody. I'll just take one of the shitty old bikes and just go for a ride. Yeah, do it. There's nothing wrong about it. Yeah, but it's just amongst olive trees. I'll probably kill myself. 
Well, that's how I grow up so resistant. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what to you makes a family? At the moment? We've never really spoken about this. No. Like what the definition you of... You got me off guard. I know. There. Well, I have told you many times, fa my family, it's you. Oh, toasty. And that's what we agree. And that's what we are starting. Then you always said that if you have to choose between Coco and me, you choose Coco. Well, yeah, she was there before you. So So that's another element of our family, our dog Coco, French Bulldog. And now we have another addition that is Frida. So we are a family of four at the moment and looking to expand more Ooh. with time coming soon dot 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 hopefully no more dogs um yeah, yeah no no more they, guys we have coco who is nearly 11 who's currently going through chemo and who is an absolute fucking trooper and we have frida who is Insp inspirational coco yes coco is an inspiration if she can go through that you can go through everything exactly um and frida is four months old and has given our house a new scent um, in the sense of it <laughs> stinks of shit everywhere and yeah. all the time. But she's a little sweetheart when she's not pooing. Um, or jumping. Oh gosh, jumping she does being. not stop jumping around. But she's very sweet. No more dogs. Follow Lafette Instagram for <laughs> photos. <laughs> Love how you're just plugging. How, obviously I remember when we met, you were sort of figuring out what you wanted to do. You were working in Seville and you had come back from Mexico, what, a year earlier? Two years. Two years before. So you're working in Seville as an architect and all of a sudden we met. And there was a lot of back and forth in between London for a few months. And then you decided to move here. And I remember that that was something that was not super accepted by your family initially? Well, the background of my family is that they move out of their cities looking for jobs. Then for them to be far from the family, it is not the m ideal thing because they are used to be very close together to be each one of the brothers and sisters far away from each other is not what they expect in their families. They understand that if you have your family close by, you are better off, and it's true. You you can relay. You, you, there is no better that uh, person than your family to relay when you have something to do. And it is the case in our in our situation when you are away and you have to feed the dogs. You call your sister and your mother, and they are there for us. Yeah, for sure. So, so is the first call for personal support. So for them, for me, be going away, it was losing one of the support. And and then you know me, uh, the people listening to the podcast not, but I I am very helpful. I'm, I am like the handyman of the family. If you have to do something, I will read the manual and I'll try to fix it. And if yeah, we to need be to fair, do anything, it's got to the point where now my mom will just text Antonio, completely loop me out of it, and just say, "Oh, Anton, can you please come and change my light bulb? Oh, can you come and help me with my emails?" Yeah. So this is. For, this is family as well. This is you. You you have the unuseful conversation about nothing, but then it's also oh I'm thinking to do this and doing to that. You're not going to speak with a friend and ask a friend to come over to fix you your table that is wonky or the fridge that uh, is making a noise. You just have a casual chat and you might find that Antonio is fixing the fridge for you. Fair <laughs> enough. But 
Yeah, that's that was the major difference is that we are they don't understand why I have to go so far away. To be fair, still seven years later, they still ask if we're ever moving back to Spain. But Spain is the best place to live. And I th still think that living in Spain is amazing. But if you want to work and live, I prefer London because you have a good balance of everything. If you want to do anything, everything is there and open and available for you. It's at the top of the culture. You can do any museum or any ex uh, exhibition or any concert, and it will be in London, certainly. And in Spain, you have to jingle a little bit more about around, to go to Madrid or go to Barcelona to see something yeah. more to the top. But then the cities are not so comfortable to live, where in London, I found that this is more comfortable because everything yeah. is so residential and so village depending on the neighborhood that you are, you are. So I like it, London, but then the weather and the style of life, I still like Spain. So they don't understand why I live here. As a young man growing up in the south of Spain, how did you imagine that your family would be? Did you think that you would be living in Spain? Did you think that you would be living abroad? Did you think you would marry somebody from abroad? Did you think, how did you see your future family? So since I was very little, I always imagined me being an architect. I don't know why. I couldn't really imagine even close what an architect is compared to what do I do now. But I always have that imagination. I possibly what everybody else think that an architect is. And I, for some reason, I wouldn't imagine myself being in a little space or a little village working as an architect because that doesn't work. So I always thought I would be somewhere else, but I don't know. I I never put in my mind if I, it was, was my hometown or somewhere else. And I always left that open. And I think that was that was good because they let me imagine and open my mind to end up wherever I was landing. Then when I was growing up a little bit, probably the third or fourth year at the university, I started to read and I started to imagine the world a little bit more. And then I realized that Spain is, is really cool, it's really nice, but the world is much bigger and there are so many things that you can do everywhere. Also was economical situation with the world crisis and everything. But I thought, well, I need to explore the world. I always liked traveling. So I never fixed my ideas of living in a place or doing the same thing. But at the same time, I always liked to explore and to discover new things. I think I have been always very curious. So marrying someone from outside of Spain or living outside of Spain, it wouldn't very, very much be against what I wanted. To be fair, my family don't see the same way. But I always made that very clear. So if they're religious, I always question them. If I if they say something, I always question them. And I always wanted to go deeper in understanding why we do things or we say things, not just assuming that is because it is what it is. So in terms of my family accepting that from me, no, they never understand why I have to always question everything. And then I think with time they understand. They respect me for that. Because I made it very clear. Really? Yes. Did I you? Think, I think they 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 keep, they can keep ask asking me why you don't agree with me, 
and I try to explain to them, but they don't understand what I am explaining. So, don't you just think that they accept, but they don't understand? Yeah, but they accept. Yeah, because there's no other option at this stage. No, this stage. No, they, 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 they it is what it is. Yeah, very Love Island. <laughs> I told you I like my crap. It is what it is, babes. How was it when you met my family for the first time? Do you remember? Uh, yes. So can you tell people where I introduced you to my parents? So I met your sister the first time I came to see you in London. Yeah. And we have a lovely chat in English with my poor English. Yeah. I, I had a certificate and everything and I couldn't barely have a good conversation yeah. at that time. Then I met your father and your mother before the concert of the Rolling Stone in Hyde Park. Yeah. So it's a really good memory. Well, uh, there was a, a moment where you went with your mother to buy some strawberries with... Frozen yogurt. Frozen, frozen yogurt. yogurt. Mm -hmm. Frozen yogurt. By the way, the strawberries on the top or something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden your father was like, why do you like my daughter? <laughs> and it was a tension moment. And I remember that I was relaxed. I didn't have any... It was not like when you meet the father or your girlfriend and it's so much tension or something like that. It was easy. And I just answer that you are fascinating and I always see something new from you and I like it. And and there was an... That, that was it. Then he told me, you need to speak better English. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but I think that's covered now. Yeah, more or less. Sorry for my accent. <laughs> but to be fair, I think as well, introducing you to my parents in that way at that concert broke down any awkwardness that there could have been during maybe a dinner or a meal where mm. it was a bit more staged. And there could Do you have want been to explain how you met my parents? I met your parents in Feria for the first time. So in Seville, there's something called Feria de Sevilla, which is where all the women dress up in flamenco dresses and all the men dress in suits. Spring fair. It's, yeah, it's called spring fair, but it's, it doesn't sound half as nice when you say it like that. And there's horses and there's music and food and drink. And it's just, it's quite cliche, but it's very cool. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's, fun. It's, it's Spain. It's beautiful. Um, and basically... You have been going there for 10 years before meeting me. Yeah, so it's, it, it's not that terrible. No, I still <laughs> loved it. Um, and basically, I surprised Antonio by arriving a day earlier than what was planned. And we had just started dating. Like literally, question of weeks. And everybody goes to Feria. Everybody. And basically, I think it was the second night of Feria or something. And you said, why don't we go to my caseta? Because Feria is different sort of huge tent houses where there's restaurants and dance floors and everything within them. So they're proper like houses. And all these houses have different members. And I remember we went to the one where your parents are members. And I was thinking, oh, cool, this is a bit early to meet parents. Like, we're not even a month into dating. And you're like, it's fine, it's casual, blah, blah, blah. And I met your parents, your brother, one of your aunts, one of your mom's cousins that was All visiting from friend. Chile. Like, it was insane. But it was quite nice that there were so many people because it le meant less pressure in order to speak with your parents. Mm -hmm. 
yeah. everybody was there dancing drinking yeah, it was eating it was casual it was not pressuring anything just the conversation was flowing yeah it was, it was and they really were impressed cool. that you could speak in spanish that well anyway so as you mentioned we have coco and frida our fur babies our little puppies well one's an old lady one's a puppy still technically obviously one day we hope to have an actual human baby yes we're, we're working we're working on it we're working on it it's taking time and we'll talk about this more in season two but we're going through IVF at the moment. So fingers crossed by the time we do season two, we might actually be pregnant, but let's see about that. But mm. we'll tell you some more about this in season two, because I think it's something that a lot of people go through and- And it's not very much spoken. It's not something that's spoken about. It's something that we've discovered is particularly difficult to go through, but it's just, I think it's something that is important to talk about more and more and not only from a woman's perspective, but as a couple. It is tough. But hey, staying positive, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For me, it's <laughs> tough because you you go mental with the hormones. Oh great! I say it's my fault. I know I, I'm not taking hormones, so for me it's the same. Just crazy about wife. Ah, <sighs> honestly, you're not you're digging a hole here. Go to season two and you see the end. Yeah, go to season two. We'll see if we're even still fucking together at this Will Antonio be in season two? (laughs) (laughs) But I do think speaking about babies, obviously, we've already spoken a lot together about the day we do have children and the way we're going to incorporate our cultures into bringing them up and our languages. Because for me, for example... That's a gift. Yeah, it's a gift, but also I just can't imagine our future children not speaking English, French and Spanish. Well, they have to speak with their grandparents, so... Yeah, but I just, they, for they me, I, no just, I just can't imagine it not being the case. And I really, really, really want to make sure that, you know, for me, it'll be something that'll come very naturally because I grew up with two languages, because I grew up with some books were in one language or the other, some cartoons were in one language or the other, some toys I spoke to in one language or the other. And for me, I think it'll be second nature, but I do think that for you, you've embraced this multilingual multicultural aspect that now at home we have books in the three languages and we speak french to the dogs which you've learned your first words of french with the dogs um (laughs) but i do think it's that thing where it'll be more interesting to see how you actually cope with that and the switching in between the languages and the insisting of sticking to one language to doing this or to doing that this way and keeping these traditions and these values that we were taught as kids let's see how you cope yeah oh we'll be fine but also i think it's interesting that we're going to try and bring in you know new cultures for example obviously in spain for during easter you have semana santa which are the processions and then you have on the 5th of january right king's day los Mm -hmm. reyes the three wise king that come and bring toys to children right so kids in spain get both christmas and reyes no they want to have one or the other i thought you get both no oh so what do you you still need to learn from me so hang on so if you celebrate christmas what do you get on reyes nothing you have dinner on christmas that's it you have on christmas day you celebrate that 
Jesus Christ was born, you have dinner, you you are with your, all your family, and then you go for a drink and you go to to mass, and then the presents are on the fifth of January. But people do stop doing presents at Christmas now. But that's Santa Claus, and that's different, and that's something that came from United States and England. Is some families they do, but not all of them. Santa Claus came from uh, Germany. Yeah, was it Germany? Was it? Uh, I have a doubt now. All of a sudden. America. No. Yeah, the way he is in a red coat and fat and everything. Yeah, um, that's Coca Cola to be precise. Yes. But it's no. But, but that's it's, the one that it, it got into Spain. Anton, that's the one how he looks all over the world now. But the real one came from Saint Nick, Saint Nicholas. Okay, let's go back to and, family. Okay. <laughs> we agree to disagree. This is the key to our marriage. Yeah, I'm. I'm brutally honest. <laughs> mm -hmm. Finally, if you could give our listeners a piece of advice on uprooting your life to create your own family elsewhere, what would it be? One piece of advice. Oh, tough question. Choose your battles because both are going to try to impose each other cultures. Both being who? The father and the mother. So you and me, you will try to impose which tradition is more important and... Some traditions are not, and some traditions are a lot. For example, I celebrate the, the my saint, that is the day that the saint of my name, it is in the calendar, and you don't celebrate that. But for me, it's, more, it's very important to have a cake on that day, and then the birthday party, and for you, the birthday party is very important. So there are some kind of silly traditions that you consider is important, is not important, but then you transfer that to the kids, and then, a piece of advice is choose the battles on which one you want to really, really, really continue. Okay, and I think that's great advice for in general, but this question specifically is uprooting your life, so leaving somewhere to go and create your family elsewhere. You need to embrace to move away. So uh, Yeah, so d embrace it fully, embrace it completely, don't have regrets. But if you have regrets, just go back. <laughs> <laughs> I have many colleagues and many people that I know that came to UK to work, to leave, and they can go back and they are just talking about sh shit, about the, f the weather is bad, the food is bad, the people is bad. And I think, well, you haven't been on the nice days, you haven't met the right people, and you haven't eaten in nice places. It's not about generalist general no, advice that it is the best or it is the worst it, it is what fits you some people don't like to go away so if you don't like to go away stay in your little village or in your little town or your big city where you are from and if you don't if you like it somewhere else embrace but do you be, not think be, it's be true a to yourself do you not think it's that's a my piece of advice fine but do you not think that you could also add to that be open-minded no, because some people is not open-minded. Yeah, but if... if You cannot open-mind everyone. Yeah, but Anton, if you're thinking of uprooting your life and moving to another place to create your family there, then you surely you have to remember to stay open-minded. Because everybody is going to have moments where they feel homesick. Everybody is going to have moments of, oh, back home, this. 
But if you stay open-minded and you open yourself up to new possibilities, new moments, new people, etc., new food, new experiences, then surely you're going to start embracing it and enjoying it. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Is I don't think it's open-minded. Is stop to compare. There is not the same thing. Yeah, fair enough. It's time for the bitch fire round. We have now got to our bitch fire question round. And this one is bespoke to you because you've already done one. Thank you very much. So I'm still not prepared. Yeah, well, there's no preparation for this. Um, You know the premise of it now. So ready? So I need to answer very quickly. Yes. And I have to choose between the two. Yes. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. I think some you're going to find really hard to choose. Okay. UK or Spain? Spain. Motorbike or car? Motorbike. Love Island or 90 Day Fiancé? Love Island. Rugby or basketball? Oh, rugby. McDonald's or Burger King? Burger King. Domino's or Pizza Hut? Pizza Hut. Tie or bow tie? Tie. Polo shirt or shirt? Shirt. Jeans or chinos? Mm. Jeans. <laughs> Adidas or Vans? Vans. Hey! Uh, wasn't that difficult? No, it wasn't that difficult. You did hesitate with rugby and basketball. Yeah, it's quite, I like both. You pronounce Burger King really well, though. You have to stop with the accent. You were like, normally Antonia says a Burger King. You're a burger. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, guys, for listening. We hope you've enjoyed listening to our marital bitchiness. And that's it for this week. Speak to you soon. Thank you, Anton. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Remember to tune in next Monday for a brand new episode and please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. It really does help us out. We'll see you then. Au revoir, bitches. Bitches.